I want to thank Research Consultants International for sponsoring today's podcast. They're a globally renowned lead generation firm that helps economic development organizations create real prospects. They've helped over 500 economic development organizations. Let me tell you exactly what they do. They facilitate one-on-one meetings for economic developers with corporate executives who will have projects soon. They can facilitate these meetings to where you travel to the corporate executive's office and meet them there, or you meet them at a trade show, or even have a conference call so you don't have to pay for travel. They recently launched a service called FDI 365, which provides you a lead a day of fast-growing companies that will be expanding soon. Their research has helped over $5 billion in projects get cited since inception. I encourage you to go to www.researchfdi.com to learn more about research consultants. As far as I'm concerned, they are absolutely the best lead generation firm in the business for economic development organizations. Call them now. They can help you create real prospects. Welcome to this week's episode of the Next Move Group We Are Jobs podcast, focused on creating economic growth for small to mid-sized companies, communities, and organizations. I'm Chad Chancellor, the co-founder of Next Move Group, and I spent some time in June up in Omaha for the College World Series. My team's Mississippi State, and we made the College World Series. We didn't get very far, but we did make it, and and while I was up there, I visited some communities in, uh, in both Nebraska and Iowa, and I just can't tell you how impressed I was with a community called Manning, Iowa, which is a town of uh, 1,400 people. So I want to give a shout-out to Shannon Landire, who's the economic developer for that whole county. She introduced us to several cities within her county and hosted us, and and I appreciate uh, what she did. And one of the towns we visited was Manning, Iowa, a town of 1,400 people. And so we're always looking to try to show best practices of what you can do in small towns. And, and I've had a, I've heard a lot of small towns, you know, this size say, well, we're too small to do anything. And so Manning, Iowa proves you're not. These guys really inspire me when I visit their town. So today we've got two guests, Mayor Harvey Dales from Manning and Ron Rochel, who's the chairman of the Main Street Manning Board, uh, both of which are highly, highly involved in development in Manning, Iowa. So guys, uh, thank you for being here with us today and telling the Manning story. Nice to be here. Thank you. We enjoyed hosting you during your visit. Yeah, I wish my team would have played a little bit better baseball. I could have stayed with you longer than just one day. So uh, why don't one of you tell us about Manning and then tell us about the Betterment Foundation. I, I really would like for our listeners to hear about what your community's doing and, and how you're bettering uh, Manning and, and basically how long you've been at this. Well, thanks for the opportunity. We're very proud of our community. Uh, Within the state, we're considered to be a very progressive community, uh, all the way up to, you know, the lieutenant governor and governor. uh, In fact, the governor just visited us last week because of the accomplishments that we achieved. Recent uh, accomplishments, we're a town of 1,500 people. We not only have a hospital, we have a new hospital. It's three years old. We have a three-year-old assisted living center. We have a -a two-and-a-half-year-old new hotel. And the hotel is an example of five people just got together and said, we're going to make it happen. And they went through the process to do that, get a marketing assessment, uh, work with Iowa State, uh, and then uh, had discussions with three hotels, uh, picked one. And from our first investor meeting to having the hotel completed was less than one year. So that's an example of, of the forward thinking of Manning 
And once we decide that we're going to get something done, you know, we go ahead and do it. Uh, we've been a Main Street community for about 10 years. Uh, that's been uh, very important in us in getting uh, downtown uh, revitalization and a number of grants, both directly through them, but outside them also. A key point of past accomplishments is the Betterment Foundation. Yeah, the Betterment Foundation was actually started uh, nearly 40 years ago uh, with uh, 16 of the local people throwing some money together and buying ground to start an industrial park. And at that time, it was a for-profit. After a few years of running that, uh, they decided that it would be better for the community as a whole if they would just all donate and throw their money in and make it a nonprofit profit uh, foundation. And so the Betterment Foundation has proceeded on through the years uh, buying properties that were needing repair or in disrepair, uh, either tearing down, fixing up, moving them forward. Uh, I, I can think of about 10 properties pretty fast that has either been cleaned up, resold, uh, or uh, developed to the point where we have rental properties, where we have uh, industry that is uh, running in buildings that are owned by the Betterment Foundation, and they rent or lease out uh, according to whatever is needed for the community. I have to tell you, I was very impressed with touring your new hotel. So I know that's a new hotel. Think about this, listeners. 1,400 people, and they have a new hotel. And there's a whiskey distillery in the town next door, and this hotel is beautifully done with, with used barrels from it down in the restaurant and just a whole lot of character and charm. And it, and it just struck me, really, as we saw that facility. Here's a town of 1,400 people that got this new hotel done within one year from when you all decided you wanted to do it. You had a hotel. So what really is your secret sauce to being able to get things done? Well, I would I'd go back to one thing I said before. We, we put our egos to the side, and, and everybody really looks at the big picture and determines what's best for Manning. We also have uh, a very progressive uh, city manager and forward-thinking city manager. I would tell you the city as a whole is we found – Outside organizations and companies tell us they're probably the easiest community to work with. We definitely, in, in building the Boulders Inn and Suites Hotel, that's the first thing they said. The city uh, also owns its, its own utilities. So they all work very uh, in a consolidated manner and, and all work together. And we don't worry about who gets credit for something. So from a staffing perspective, I know you've got a very pro-business city manager. That means a lot to me. Next Move Group has actually gotten in the city manager executive search business, and we search for pro-business city managers, and, and I know you all have one. You, you actually gave me part of the idea. And then I know uh, Shannon Landauer, who I mentioned earlier, runs the Carroll Area Development Corporation, and we think a lot of Shannon. But when it comes to the actual city of Manning, you don't have a city economic developer, right? I mean, you have the county economic developer, and then you have your city manager, but you don't have a paid economic developer for your 1,400-person uh, town. Yeah, this is all kind of voluntary. Uh, we, we do things on our own. Uh, city administrator and I work together, and I've always told her that the city's main job should be not to knock down barriers. If there's some type of a barrier that's in the way, our biggest job is to knock it down. 
And uh, as Ron was saying with us owning all the utilities, uh, kind of uh, an example of, of what can happen is uh, when we were building the new hospital, uh, I call it new, four years old, um, there was some uh, landscaping being done and they hooked a gas line, the main feed going into the hospital. Uh, most places you gas shut down, you get them called, they start to come, whatever. Well, for us, we pulled all of our people, the city crew, the electric crew, the gas crew, brought them all out. And from the time that the gas line was hit, two hours later, there was 120 foot of new main installed and the gas was running. So we are fast to react and whatever the job is, we will do it and we'll do it quickly and efficiently. Well, I tell you, it really shows. And so on the utility side, so you own your own electric, water, sewer, internet. So you own all the utilities. And, and if I remember, you've even received some awards for that. Yeah, we were the first uh, community under 5,000 to be designated as a connected community. And we do have fiber to all the businesses and the industrial areas and have plans to get fiber to every home within the next two years. So we are connected and uh, available and ready to roll. And so I want our listeners to understand what You Better My Foundation does and really the tools that it gives you to spur development. So when I was in Manning, I actually toured a call center that you all showed me, and, and it was actually a call center with a daycare underneath. So you had a call center, obviously, uh, that created jobs, and you had a daycare center that not only the call center employees could use, but other people in town. And I know that call center is now available. You did not lose the call center, but the, the, the folks are actually working from home now instead of working in the call center every day, but you still have the daycare there. So talk about you know how you did that deal, how you used the Betterment Foundation to uh, to build that building to suit them and, and really how that's benefited your community. You still have all those jobs plus the daycare center and now you've got an available space and, and maybe talk a little bit about that space that's available in case somebody hears it might have interest in that. Well, uh, the building was put up originally. Uh, they had to buy, I think it was six different properties and uh, raise all those properties, get things lined up, they then went USDA, uh, got a loan, uh, worked through NIPCO, uh, Region 12, uh, private dollars, and built the building uh, as was required for the call center. It was after the building was built that we decided uh, the space in the basement was perfect for a child care center. And that has uh, been filled and then also expanded and uh, remodeled in the basement to make it bigger because uh, it filled up and it was too small. Population, I think, is holding steady to growing in Manning. And uh, the needs upstairs, uh, we have all of the furniture and everything from the call center. So it's all available. I'm trying to think what the uh, cubic or square footage is, Ron. I, I'm not sure, but it, it's, it's moving ready. You know, they left the cubicles, they left the furniture. Now, for, for someone who doesn't need that type of environment, it, it obviously can be moved out. So it's got an established, uh, well-maintained office environment 
And then part of the building also on the same floor is a warehouse. So if somebody needed, you know, a combination of warehouse space uh, and office uh, space, this is perfect for it. And off the warehouse also is a, a very large room that uh, was used as a classroom and educational center. So it's finished also. So it's it really is a prime space. And so this is an example of business and asset and even a daycare center that's there because of the Betterment Foundation that you guys started 40 or 50 years ago. So talk about some of the other businesses in Manning and some of the other things that are there because of the Betterment Foundation. Uh, Hoffman Manufacturing is a uh, refrigeration uh, rehabilitation type company that sells uh, refrigeration uh, equipment for uh, uh, grocery stores and that type of thing. And he actually sells overseas with it. So it's a, kind of almost an international company. Uh, the industrial park that we started uh, has developed into an area where we have uh, an international uh, vet Vet Associates, uh, she runs bioengineering of our genetics. And that is also an international company that was built up on that property. Uh, West Central Rural Water, uh, the Rural Water Association for West Central Iowa is based in Manning. Again, it's in the industrial park. Uh, there's semi repair shop that's built out there. Uh, the town uh, Main Street one of the corner buildings, uh, main mainstay buildings, uh, was empty. The Betterman Foundation bought it, uh, brought back in a young entrepreneur from uh, the city that was uh, alumni, wanted to move back to Manning, uh, start a business to bring her kids here so they could grow off in, in the atmosphere that she had grown up. Uh, through a process of working with Main Street, uh, getting challenge grants, uh, offering a special deal through the Betterment Foundation uh, for no payments and stuff for a year, revolving loan funds through the city. We were able to get Jamie back to town with her family, set her up, and she has a thriving business now that, uh, Ron, you could probably even add to that. Well, this, this business now was recently voted uh, the best rural uh, shopping destination in Iowa. Uh, great accomplishment. I'd echo what Harvey said. This is an example, as I said earlier, of multiple organizations, including the city, uh, working together. Jamie originally came to uh, the Betterment Foundation and requested to lease the building. And she wanted to make tens of thousands of dollars of improvements to to meet the aesthetics and kind of the, the model that she wanted. And basically we said, how about if we sell it to you? If you lease it under the terms we were discussing, here's the financial data if we sell it to you. And uh, she was way ahead on that. And as part of that, as Harvey mentioned, uh, the first year was uh, no interest, no payments. So basically it, it was a key to get a young entrepreneur with some major ideas and a large space uh, to be successful in her in her first year. And talk about some of the things you're doing with neighborhood development. I know you drove me up on a hill where we kind of overlooked the city and overlooked some neighborhoods, and it was beautiful. And 
and you guys really are on the cutting edge of, of doing neighborhood development and offering incentives to people to, uh, to move there. So talk about that. Well, we've got, I, I guess, several things. The city has, you know, if, if someone comes in and buys a lot from a private uh, owner, uh, the city has a tax abatement, but a lot of cities have that. Probably what's unique is we had a number of uh, lots that were not selling. People viewed them as being too expensive. And what the city did was purchased about 20 of those lots. Yep. Uh, and then... And then got a fairly good deal on that, but then actually turned back and are making these lots available for $15,000, which is viewed as a, 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 an excellent price. I think prior to that, they were 25, uh, around 25,000. And at closing, if, if the uh, home is occupied, if it's closed and it's owner occupied, uh, you actually get $7,500 back. So at the end, you're only paying $7,500 for these lots. You no longer, on those lots, you don't get any tax abatements because the city's view is that they've already contributed to it. But uh, so it's been, uh, it's been a boon to at least interest in, in, in that particular part of town. And I want to remind our listeners, you're hearing from a town of 1,400 people. You've heard about a new hospital, a new hotel, neighborhood development, recruiting population and, uh, and incentivizing housing, uh, buying additional property, all from a town of 1,400 people, uh, mostly volunteer workers, city manager, mayor, of course, but no, no full-time city economic developer. Uh, so, Mayor, I want to ask you, how long have you been the mayor? I find in my travels, you know, most towns this size say we're too little to really do anything. And then I, then I stumble into Manning, Iowa, and I hear all this, and it's just amazing to me. So you undoubtedly have had stable, stable leadership over the years to be able to get this kind of stuff done. So tell us your story, how long you've been the mayor, and really what's your story. Okay. Uh, my father was actually uh, mayor back in eighty and then uh, got on the city council. And when he passed away in 95, I took his place on the city council and then ran for mayor in 2000 and became mayor. Uh, I started doing things and moving a little too quick. And so six years later, uh, they voted me out. Uh, it was two years after that, that uh, they wrote me back in. And at that point I took it as kind of a mandate that uh, they were ready to role and uh, so the community at that point uh, has been very receptive to everything and all the cave people have pretty well gone and and uh, progress has really come quickly and and in the utilities and everything so that uh, we have now got ourselves set up to where we're ready and uh, willing to go any direction that we need to for progress well, I tell you, uh, Mayor, you've got beautiful land, beautiful rolling hills. I don't know why I pictured Iowa to be just totally flat across the board, but but you guys really have some pretty land there. So now let's transition over to Ron. So, Ron, I know you come out of out of corporate America. You had experience working for corporate America, a well-traveled guy. So really talk about what motivates you, having come out of that world, to uh, to help your hometown and, and, uh, and participate there in Manning. Well, I'm... I moved away when I graduated from high school, uh, like a number of my peers did. Uh, I worked for IBM. I went to college, worked for IBM for 40 years. Uh, 
and a combination of Omaha, Austin, Texas, uh, St. Louis, and then back to Austin. And actually, the last five to six years, I worked from home here in the Manning area. So I had a lot of uh, personnel and project management experience. And I just, frankly, I don't know how it became, how it came on my heart, but I decided I, I wanted to help Manning in, in its uh, in its efforts for economic development. I would tell you, coming from Austin, Texas, that you know there are a lot of communities in the Midwest that are dying, and if one of them would have been my my hometown, I'd have never moved back. The mere fact that Manning was progressive and a lot of things were going on, and, you know, gave me the encouragement to move back, but also the encouragement to get involved. And so I immediately became involved with the Main Street organization, and soon with the Betterment and some of the other community foundations uh, uh, here. And I've been able to lend my, again, my corporate experience that I brought, uh, lend that to the local community. Uh, and just very recently, a year ago, uh, the governor appointed me to uh, an Empower Rural Iowa task force. So I'm able to bring my Manning experience to that, but also experience from that back to Manning uh, or make even even further developments. Well, I know you guys have received some awards for your tourism as a destination place, so why don't you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I mentioned earlier that uh, the Marketplace has received the award for the, uh, the best rural shopping destination in Iowa. Uh, we also have a tourist destination here that's received an award for the best rural tourist destination in Iowa. And uh, about, I don't know, 25 or 30 years ago, this is, an, again, an example of just impromptu. A number of, of residents got together and said, we need to celebrate our German heritage. Uh, we need to bring in tourists. How do we do that? And they arranged for uh, a house barn. And a house barn is exactly what it, what it sounds like. It's a combination house, combination barn, built in the 1660s in Germany. And uh, the community arranged to have that taken down. It was given to them, uh, taken down, uh, moved by transport, by ship to Manning, actually brought over some of the German craftsmen to rebuild it. And it's actually rebuilt on a site where there's um, a historical farmstead that's uh, on the National Register. And it's kind of deemed to be probably the best preserved uh, intact farmstead uh, in Iowa. There are a lot of cases where there's individual homes or barns and stuff that are in good shape this entire farmstead is in good shape and they also uh brought in a trinity a church and so those three elements the trinity church the house barn the farmstead and and then locally people again another example of, of local volunteers built a community a community center out there and so it's used for small retreats and weddings in fact that site has now become uh, known for its wedding uh, as a destination wedding place from around the Midwest, but but even farther, they'll come here for a, a totally different environment, and it really is a beautiful environment. Uh, obviously, rural to get uh, to be married in. So, talk a little bit about where you're located, so people can get a reference. You know, in in Iowa, you think about Omaha on the west, over on the Nebraska border, and and Des Moines. So, talk about where Manning's located in reference to those areas. 
we always say that we're uh, as far away from everything as you can get in Western Iowa. 90 miles to Omaha, 90 miles to Sioux City, 90 miles to Des Moines. We are West Central Iowa, uh, right in the corner of Carroll County uh, on Highway 141. The four county seats that are around us are 20 miles, 21 miles, 21 miles, and 24 miles. We're kind of right in the middle of everything. What's key to this from a quality of life perspective, again, I came from Austin, Texas, and absolutely love Austin. Uh, coming back to the rural area, one of the things you miss is diversity. Diversity in restaurants and population, et cetera, et cetera. Well, we're, as Harvey mentioned, we're geocentric between three cities. And in an hour and 20 minutes, I can be downtown in any one of those cities, and I can experience the concerts, I can experience the restaurants, I can experience shopping. And coming from a city, many people commute 30 minutes, 60 minutes, even longer. And it's typically a white-knuckle drive. And our hour and 20-minute drive to these communities are, are through, you know, pastoral settings. And it really is beautiful and, and relaxing. So that drive is, is nothing as compared to, you know, what, what many city people experience on a daily basis. Guys, is there anything that you wish I would ask you about Manning that I hadn't asked you yet? Uh, you were here and uh, you got a kind of a quick run through on the town. Uh, hopefully we've covered everything that you need for your part. Uh, I, I would, I would, uh, I would say one thing. Our experience is that if we can get people here, they're sold on it. So I would encourage your listeners to go to manningia.com and check out, check us out. And even more so, uh, come see us, come visit us, and look the mayor up. All right, so that website is manningia.com, manningia.com. And I do have one last question. So we do consulting in a lot of small to mid-sized cities, and people will ask us, how should we set up an organization or what's optimum? So I know in Carroll County there are four or five different cities, and the county has an economic developer, and she's actually the one that introduced me to you guys. So I'm, I'm very grateful for her doing that. Um, so talk about how it works there where you have multiple municipalities with a county County economic developer and kind of, you know, uh, from a best practices standpoint, how you guys have been able to participate in a in a multi-town county effort, if that makes any sense. Okay, the CADC is what you're talking about, Carroll Area Development Corporation. Uh, we actually have uh, our city administrator is on the executive board of that. So we have a real good connection to that. And as they are doing their things around the county, that keeps us in touch with any movement that may be happening or going on. Uh, she uh, stays in, in contact with the council and with like the economic development here. Um, and the CADC works uh, hand in hand with the local COG, uh, local uh, government uh, agency. It's uh, region 12 for us. Uh, that's state agency. And so revolving loan uh, contacts to USDA, uh, SBA, uh, all of those different areas, we have direct contact into them through that, that connection with the, the county. Uh, that, that saves us from not having our own economic development agency itself. Uh, and 
us being volunteer. It keeps everything more efficient. I think the key is that none of those entities nor the state government are going to come in and save your small community. It has to come from within. And what all of these are assets that we can use to help us. Again, none of them are going to come in on a white horse and save us, but they are very valuable to us and, and bring different assets to the table that we can use. So to our business listeners, these folks know how to do a deal. So any of our business listeners, if you have a location that you need in the Midwest area, somewhere around Iowa, Nebraska type area, believe me, these folks know how to do a deal. And to our economic development listeners, let this be motivation that uh, that no town is too small to take control of its destiny and get things done. So I just have really appreciated you all being with me today. And, and a reminder, the uh, web address is manningia.com, manningia.com. Thank you, gentlemen, for being with us. I want to thank the University of Southern Mississippi's Masters of Economic Development program for sponsoring today's podcast. We work with Southern Miss a lot, and they do tremendous research for us, whether we're working with a site selection project that we need Southern Miss's help to understand labor and the market around that area, transportation they do a lot of research in, or whether we need talent from University of Southern Mississippi. We have hired their students to actually work for us as both interns and full-time employees. So you can get a master's degree in economic development for university and they have two options to do that one is mostly an online option where you go in a few weekends and one is a more traditional classroom option so whether you're running an organization and need talent or whether you're running an organization and need research you should really consider university of southern mississippi's masters of economic development program A special thank you to Younger Associates for recording, editing, and publishing this podcast for us. I encourage you to visit their website at younger-associates.com.